What gives you joy? And why does Jesus yearn for our joy? You know, he does. Now, we've been working our way through the lengthy teaching Jesus gave his disciples on the night he was betrayed. This is Thursday, September 7th. Now, just before going to the cross, he prays this high priestly prayer before the Father. And in it, Jesus asked the Father to give joy to the disciples. The desire is that his disciples might know the fullness of his joy. Now, of course, joy is not the same as happiness. Happiness is fixed to a moment or situation in time, a passing experience that lifts us up. But this joy is seated in something that does not wither or fade. It does not erode over time. But it remains through whatever time comes, whatever seasons may appear in our lives. Here is this brief part of Jesus' prayer. John chapter 17, verse 13. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Now here's Jesus speaking of this joy in full measure. Now joy is a gladness seated in something beyond ourselves, an untouchable grace, you might say. Of course, everyone longs for joy. You hear the echo of this longing in the founding documents of this country, for example. We, it is called by them the pursuit of happiness. That's what the founders said. Everyone has the right to pursue it. But is this how we find it? No one's life from our era reflects this pursuit of happiness and fullness better than Anthony Bourdain. One article about his life bears the headline, The Unsatiable and Unknowable Anthony Bourdain. The writer said that Bourdain devoured the world because he just couldn't seem to get enough. There was no place he wasn't curious to explore, no food he wasn't willing to try, no limit to his hunger for life, no ceiling to his interests. Here was a man in search of joy and willing to go anywhere and do anything to get it. But of course he didn't begin there. He spent years unknown, working in nondescript kitchens, doing the grunt work, you might say. Things like washing dishes, line cooking, and managing restaurants as well. All of this led him to a big breakthrough, his own TV program, and travels around the world, sampling the food and meeting the people from some of the most exotic countries on earth. This guy was living the dream, or so it seemed. I remember hearing the news on June 8th. It was a few years back. What was it? 2018, that Bourdain had died by suicide. He wasn't on drugs. There were really no good explanations given for what he chose to do. Except what we think leads to joy, the appetite finding what seems like an unlimited, lavish satisfaction doesn't do it for us humans. I guess you could try this for yourself, but this exper- experiment has been tried millions of times with the same result. Ask Solomon. He did it. Perhaps in ways Bourdain himself could only dream of. 
but in the end he said it was all vanity, empty, bubbles. Something just flying away and soon gone. Soon enough the fun just wasn't fun any longer. Now what Jesus prays for is entirely different. It is not as weightless as fun. It is more like a true fullness of the kind that never run, drains away because the supply is truly endless. It comes from God. It is peace with God, knowing, knowing you and your life are secure in him, that the scores have all been settled and you are home. That is what you live with while you are still here. This is why Jesus prays for the joy of the disciples. It will be because they finally get it. They know who he is and what he has done for them. They know where they stand, and they will forever stand with Jesus because he stood with them. The going to the cross and the resurrection will ensure all of this and will seal the deal forever. I like the way in passing Paul, the apostle, says it. He says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That's Ephesians 2.6. Yes, Paul purposely uses the past tense. God has already raised you up. You've already, you already have your place in the kingdom. How can that not cast everything in our lives in a new light? The light that drives out the shadow of death. You see, it does. Think about this. Yes, I know this has not been a good year for some of us, but you're already seated with Christ. Yes, I know there's a health scare, but you're already seated with Christ. Of course, the operative words are with Christ, in Christ, because you are already in Christ, because you are already with him, and you are forever with him. It is this that gives us a pervasive, undying joy. There aren't enough different foods or countries or experiences to give that to anyone. Though Bourdain could give it the old college try, and he did. Of course, this should give us a sense of caution when we expect the world to give us this lasting joy we want. It, it just can't. And we should not expect this of anything or anyone. To do so is an idolatry of the heart, and in the end, our hearts will be broken as Bourdain's was. But I wouldn't mind trying a few of the foods and visiting a few of the places he enjoyed, you understand. I think that's the problem, isn't it? To enjoy what God has given us, our family, our food, our world, without mistaking it for the real thing. We need to see it as a pointer to the real thing, the one that made it all, and the one who made us for joy that only he can provide. Let's pray. Father God, you've given us so much to enjoy. Forgive us for confusing the gift for the giver. Remind us that the joy we see can only be found in you. In the name of Jesus, the captain of joy, we pray. Amen.